0: to the I am a woman podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Strickland, and I am so excited. Happy Women's History Month. We celebrated Debbie Titus, my mentor last week. I hope you've had an opportunity to listen to her message. I am woman. She is now with the Lord. And today we are going to be talking to one of my favorite people really in the whole world. And her name is Christina Boudreau. She is a 33-year-old missionary who's a member of the Whosoever's Movement, which is headed up by Ryan Rise, based out of Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs. And as a missionary, Christina spends her time touring public schools, detention centers, sex trafficking, recovery homes, rehabs, prisons, skate parks, and homeless shelters. She is really a girl after my own heart. She goes always for the broken. She is sharing the gospel with the lost, the brokenhearted, abused, and abandoned of this world. In addition, Christina is a plus-size model who's passionate about using her platform as a model to share about true, authentic beauty with girls around the world. Welcome, Christina. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, before we get into your story, I want you to tell my audience how we met.
1: Yeah, so uh, (laughs) when I was, yeah, super cool story. So I grew up in Corona, California, and when I was 18 years old, it was right when I was coming out of years of just eating disorders, you know, as a, it was right when I graduated high school, I believe uh, when I met you and you, I was coming out of years of eating disorders. It was at the beginning, you know, of, of starting, you know uh, my mom had put me like, in like an acting classes and modeling stuff to help me with my confidence, you know, cause being 5'10 in high school and a size 14 wasn't Trendy. And so when I met Jennifer, her story impacted me because I had never had anyone in church talk about what I had gone through. And I did your Bible study. It changed my life and your Bible study girl. Perfect. Now in your books, when I travel are really the only ones that I tell people, even church leaders, I'm just like, this is a great resource. This is a great book because it changed my life. And I'm not someone personally that will like say, do this or try this. If I don't know firsthand how it has impacted me Uh, because there's a lot of fluff out there now, but this is her, everything that you write and everything in your ministry is just, it's impacting people's lives so deeply. And so that was our introduction um, to you just being someone I've looked up to for all these years now. I'm 33. So that's like 15 years
0: that's crazy. I can't believe it's been 15 years. Uh so I'll tell my side of the story. My side of the story is that I spoke at this event in California and there was this long line of girls and there's this really special girl that was very patiently waiting to talk with me and it was you christina and when you came up to me you told me i want to do what you do but i want to go into the modeling industry and i want to be a light i want to be a plus size model and be a light and i just and i remember just thinking okay because you know people tell me all kinds of things in the book lines you know Um, But I believed believed you, and the most important thing is that you believed you, and that is exactly what Christina has done. She has impacted, I don't know how many, probably hundreds of thousands of lives through her public speaking in, in the schools, and I love that she goes into homeless shelters, skate parks, prisons, recovery centers. We really have the same heart for those things and so we share the desire both of us to reach the broken so christina i want to start with your story Mm
1: -hmm. you
0: said that you were about 18 years old when you and i met you you said that you were coming out of eating disorders i know there was suicidal temptations there was all kinds of stuff going on in your life depression what was it to led to the that led to those behaviors in your life what was at the root of that tell us your story
1: yeah you know um i feel like there is so much for me that even when i i remember being in I went to Loma Linda Hospital for my recovery program for my eating disorders when I was in high school. And I remember even when I was in recovery, they just said, I was 16 years old. It was over summer. All my friends were at the beach. I was there eight hours a day, five days a week for like 10 weeks. And I'm thinking, like, I don't even want to be here, you know, and I just remember even my counselors then were like, Christina, there's a lot that we're not getting to. There's a lot that we're not touching. And I believe that at the time when I was, 16, the Lord knew that I wasn't ready to talk about, you know, like trauma that I was still at the time. You know, I think my mind had blocked so much of it out. But my story of what really caused so much of my eating disorders and depression and everything at a young age was that I experienced a lot of sexual abuse and rape as a child um in conjunction with like verbal abuse and physical abuse and i would go to school and i was bullied and i was bullied and so at a young age um the person that did this to me was a female it caused a lot of confusion as a child you know i remember sure. going to school and i for some reason didn't really like fit in with a lot of girls i didn't really identify with a lot of feminine things because, you know, I just, I think a part of me like hated feminine things because of what was being done to me. I just like put up a wall, but I think naturally as a child, when you're being abused, there's a shame around your body. And I was five, nine in the fourth grade. Cause I was, my dad's tall. My brothers are six, four and six, five. They're just tall guys. And And naturally, as a child, I also developed early as well, you know, I developed, you know, like, my menstrual in fifth grade. And so, but as a child, having a woman's body and being abused, I, it, you know, naturally, it's just so unnatural, those things aren't supposed to happen. And all I knew as a child was shame. And so I just remember wearing baggy clothes. Like I wanted to wear basketball shorts. I wanted to wear big t-shirts. I was wearing sports bras. I would hang out with the boys. Cause for me, it was easier to hang out with the boys than hang out with the girls. And I remember as a young girl uh, being like, I liked boys. I was attracted to boys, but I remember there was this confusion where I remember looking at girls Um, and being attracted to girls as well. When I was like younger, you know, elementary school, going into junior high school. And I remember like being in church and I remember in junior high, just like having a moment with God, where I just said, I don't know what this is. Cause it wasn't like, I didn't have a girlfriend or I didn't have like, you know, I wasn't doing anything with, you know, girls, my age or anything it was just this confusion where I just was like, why am I having these thoughts in my mind of things that had happened to me? But then also why am I having these thoughts of like me and other girls? You know, it was just so confusing. And so, and I remember boys at the time were bullying me. And so in junior high, I remember being in junior high and the Lord just like spoke to me so clearly, you know, and it was just through his word. When we read in Romans just about how when we stop worshiping the creator and we start worshiping the created, how people exchange natural relations, you know, with man for woman and they exchange it for man for man and woman for woman. And I just remember so clearly God through his word showing me what like even then, even before I wanted to acknowledge what was happening, even As I was dealing with these thoughts that Christina this is not normal. This is not what I have for you. And so it was through God's word that he truly restored my sexuality. And I could say that by high school, or even like college. I didn't deal with that anymore, you know, cause I love the Lord and I was, and I wanted to follow after the Lord. But I remember as a child, no one was talking about this in church. Hmm. No one was addressing it. I remember being exposed to pornography at a young age and being even more confused, but you have a generation of girls now, Jennifer and kids who were where I was at, right? Where you have one in three girls now being sexually abused, one in five boys being sexually abused, which for me breaks my heart. You know, I remember I was in Miami last week visiting one of my best friends that just got married. And she was just saying that there's like, she's like, Christina, we're not going to go. She moved from St. Pete, Florida, where she was on staff at a church there to now going to Miami. And she said, St. Pete, as she said, Florida, Miami is not like St. Pete. And I said, why? And she said, well, and I've been signed in Miami, but mainly just like as for direct booking stuff, but I've never physically been there. I just, well, actually, no, sorry. I had been there at the end of 2021, only briefly for a couple of days for like a job, but I hadn't been there long enough to know the culture. And so, but she said to me, Christina, there's literally gay men walking around like in thongs. On the beach in Miami with heels. And I'm thinking to myself, like, are you serious? So she said, Yes, we're not going to the beach over the weekend. We will go on Monday morning before, you know when no one else is there. And I just thought to myself, Lord, you have all these young boys
0: mm-hmm. that
1: are being raped, that are being sexually abused. Mm. And I almost wonder if and and they're and they're so confused. And then you have these girls that are being sexually abused or raped. And that confusion, they don't know what to do with. So what does the enemy do? The enemy will validate that confusion that's rooted in trauma, that's rooted in, you know, what was done to them and say, well, this is who you are now. And I just think of that, Jennifer, like, it's like, for me, if I was growing up in today's culture, the enemy would have said, oh, you're sexually abused by a girl and you're now confused, but that's who you are. Same thing right. with the young boy. Oh, you're raped by a boy. And this is who you are, that confusion. But that's yeah. why it's so important for the church to come in at the time to do what the Lord did for me. The Holy Spirit was so just such a gift that he gave me his word, that he gave me that truth to say, no, you know what was done to you is out of line. It's not it was never my plan to correct almost like a, when you think of like blurred sexuality, I think of like people that need glasses, it's like blurred, right? But you put corrective lenses on, which is God's word. And he shows us their correct way to say, okay. So even though this happened to me, this confusion is not from God. Now let me correct it through his word and walk it out. But it's just so the enemy that he would go and validate that confusion. And One thing I saw, I saw this video that someone posted on social media, which was so interesting, but basically like in the Bible, when they had the Asherith idols, you know, like, you know, with the Israelites, a part of their worship for the Ashurith idols was that men would, you know, become castrated to become women. And then they would change the genders of children as a part Mm. of worship. And I just thought to myself, Lord, like- this whole thing is not about gender. It's not about, you know, the rainbow flag. It's not about any of that. It is satanic. It is cult worship. It is mm-hmm. Satan himself changing the genders of our children mm-hmm. to further the enemy's camp in this generation. And I'm so just, sad. It's so sad. So. Mm that's a little of my story with that. Wow.
0: Wow. That was, that was incredible. Let, let me back up just for a second. I have a question for you. Uh, when you were talking about, uh, when God put his, you know, when God put his word into you when you were in junior high, so are you saying then, were you a Christian? Did did, did your family go to church? You were reading the word.
1: Yes, absolutely. So same thing. Like I was, I was a kid that would go to church, you know, just like many families, right? Like I would go to church. I would go to camp. I would go to, you know, I just, I heard the word and I had a devotional life. Like I've always loved the Lord, but I was the kid that had just a lot of brokenness and a lot of trauma and a lot of things. That happened, and and I want to camp in that for a second, Jennifer, because you have so many kids in church that even I meet that have been abused. You know, Mm -hmm. like specifically to where, and it's like, and then they walk in, and a lot of kids that come up to me, they're just like, hey, like don't tell anyone, but I'm gay, and I always will, and I always go back. I said, hey, and I always ask them, you know, like mom and dad dynamics or just like past trauma. I could tell you nine out of 10 stories that I hear from talking to kids who struggle with sexual identity issues, confusion, all have trauma, all of them, or they have been exposed to gay porn. And so for me, yes, I grew up in church, you know, loving the Lord. And it was, I believe, God's Spirit that just showed me. And it was His Word that showed me because I had His Word, I loved the Lord because I had nothing else in my life but him like church was a lifeline for me.
0: Sure. And so, yeah. Sure. Okay, so I uh I saw this article recently and I keep going back to it thinking is this true? Is this really happening? <laughs> but I've been calling out, you know, I've been calling out the magazines ever since I le- left the modeling industry. Now you're in the modeling industry. This is from Women's Health magazine okay and the title of the article and i'll actually link uh, to this in the show notes but here's your comprehensive gender identity list as defined by psychologists and sex experts so it's like here we go here is your list there's a video that that has a lot of uh homosexuality in it but but on womenshealth, uh, dot com. but when you go to the list Here's the list cisgender, transgender, cishet, non binary, intersex, genderqueer, genderfluid, gender non conforming. Oh, click. There's a button with a gay test, which by the way, these gay tests, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and show our. there's the gay test. (laughs) This is, this is the thing that pops up all the time. When my son is watching YouTube videos of football players and he's got all the protections on his iPad when he's on YouTube so that he can just watch football players, whatever gamers, but they keep sending him this thing. And every time he comes to me and shows me, I'm like, don't touch it, don't click it because the algorithm, if you click that, it's going to take you down to a funnel. So it's just, how gay are you? There's the test. Okay, number 10, gender expansive, agender, gender void, bi-gender, omni-gender, pan-gender, two-spirit. Oh, and there's another test. That's from Women's Health Magazine. Okay if you if you were growing up in this culture you would have been labeled as yeah. one of these things but i love what you said about the the corrective lenses. And this list of 16 or 17 is very short. There's, there's, there's a much longer, much longer list out, out there. What would you say to a mom or to a grandma or even a youth leader out there that is looking at these and their, their child comes to them or grandchild comes to them and says, you know, this is who I am. Because I was recently reading in Parents Magazine, Parents Magazine, which I read when my kids were little, again, the magazines again, Parents Magazine says you're supposed to say, thank you for telling me who you are and celebrate that and affirm that and all of that. Nothing against anyone who's struggling, those that are struggling, we love them and we're gonna accept and love them no matter what they think, right? But the challenge for Christians is there is nowhere in God's word that identity is taught that way. Mm -hmm. I've been teaching identity for 20 years and there's nowhere in God's word that it says that your identity is in this list of genders or even your sexual preference, so mm. what would you say, what is your response to all of that?
1: Yeah. You know, Jennifer, it's so interesting. Cause I remember it was actually a couple of years ago. I had my, my agents call me and they said, Hey, Christina, um, the Trevor project is requesting you to be the face of their campaign for suicide awareness, uh, for, you know, for youth. Cause they know that I work with youth and I said, well, what's the Trevor project. And so they sent me the info. It is the leading international organization for LGBTQ youth, um, uh, like suicide awareness. So they represent LGBTQ youth around the world. And I didn't know how big they were. And I just remember, I just said like, no, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, and it, I'm not gonna like do that. And then a week later they messaged me and it was crazy because my overseeing pastor, Ryan Reese, he's a part of the whosoever my story is in his book. And um, that part of my story is also in his book. And the day that Ryan's book got released with one of the biggest publishers in the world that has my story in it is the day that my agents say, Christina, the Trevor project is, you know, double backing and they want you to be the face of their campaign um, because they know that you help youth. And I, just and i literally was like for a second jennifer i just was like lord like like would this be like you know and i and i genuinely jennifer for a second i had to talk to a couple pastors i said could i go in there to be a light and they said christina they will put you in a position where it'll be like you and like another mom right or like you like they will they will they will say that you're queer. It's not because I was like, do they want me to be a spokesperson for youth or do they want me to be a spokesperson where they're going to uh, they're going to make me play roles? And it was both basically. And I was like, no, for me as a Christian an uncompromising Christian, I don't have to accept what other people are doing Um to still love them. Right. So in that position, right. obviously, I naturally declined and it was so crazy because later on, I remember going to forever 21. I was like buying a pair of sunglasses and they said, Hey, do you want to donate a dollar to the Trevor project? And I was like, Oh my goodness. And I'm looking and there is like the poster in forever 21, like their big campaign. And I was like, that would have been me. Thank you, Lord. But I realized that for me to love that community, right, even the ones that are suicidal because they feel like people aren't accepting their gender identity, I could still love them effectively without accepting the confusion that they are walking in, right? So to the church, when you think of identity, like what I do, even if I, you know, with you know, as people, if if I speak or if I write something or if we like model, that's not who I am. It's just some gifts that God's given me. Right. But but it's not my identity. So when you think of, you know, sexual identity, what you like, even when I think of food, like I love Indian food, I like Indian food. I like Thai food. I like Chinese food. I love, I like Mexican food. But that's not my identity, but that's what people are making their identity now. Right. So such a good point. Yeah. I like guys one day. I like girls one day. I like, you know, different people one day. I even thought it was interesting that Caitlyn Jenner, when they did the whole transition, that Ellen DeGeneres on, she did an interview with Caitlyn Jenner and said, well, so do you believe in gay marriage? And Caitlyn Jenner said, no. And it was just like this whole conversation. That's like a whole conversation for a different day. But even Caitlyn Jenner transitioning, still liked women, believed that you could transition sexually, but still, but didn't believe in gay marriage. It was this whole weird thing. But to go back to your question, Jennifer, I, I wanted to like paint that picture because parents need to understand The And also youth leaders need to understand, the church needs to understand that what someone likes is not their identity. So you have to go deeper than just someone saying, I like guys or girls, that you say, you tell them, I love you, that God loves you. Mm -hmm. But you got to go, but you have to constantly remind them of who God has created them to be go back to the person of who they are, because Mm -hmm. most of this is just a phase. Like kids go through a punk rock phase. They go through a skater phase. They go through like a sporty phase. Most of this with kids, it's a phase and they want you to validate that phase as a skater or punk rock person. But I remember having people in my life that said, Christina, no matter what fashion phase you go through, we love you as a person, because that's really what they're looking for. If a kid says, I'm gay, they want you to accept them. They're hoping that that gender identity is a form, is their currency of acceptance. But when you remind them of the acceptance they have in Christ, the identity they have in Christ, the value they have in Christ, and who God says they are, they will realize, well, I don't need this then. I don't need this like confusion thing then to gain acceptance and love because I already have that. It's and at so the end, what they're looking for, they're looking for acceptance and love. And to be honest, that's all I was looking for. And most of these kids, that's all they're looking for is acceptance and love. And if a guy doesn't give it to them, like if a girl, if a guy breaks their heart, for example, they'll be like, well, maybe this this girl will give me that acceptance and love. Sure. And if she doesn't give it to me. Maybe this other person, they're going from thing to thing, wanting acceptance and love, whether it's on social media or a thing, but it, it's not as deep as people think it is though. It's not like these soul connections that the Bible talks about. You know, it's not these heart connections that the Bible talks about when you become one with someone, it's literally so surface when it comes to sexuality so at the end of the day my encouragement for church leaders parents love your kid love these young ones or people in your life the long distance show them the love of god invite them to church invite them to sit at your table and and love the person not the sexuality agreed i love that
0: say that again, love the person, not the sexuality. I, I could not agree more that that is what that's what I was looking for. When I came to Christ, Yeah, I was looking for something deeper than what was on the surface. Keep going.
1: Yeah. And I just really believe that that's honestly what these kids are looking for. And I remember that there was this girl at this, um, my friends and I, we go to this, uh, this home in California that houses teens that have been, you know, rescue survivors of trafficking. And I remember we're talking to this one girl and she says to me, cause we were talking about God, you know, and, and the first thing she says is, well, I'm gay. And I was like, so what? She was like, well, I'm gay. So I don't know if I could do the whole God thing. And I just realized that that was a wall she put up right automatically dismiss um the whole (laughs) like god conversation but then she says to me well i have a boyfriend and i want to get married and have kids one day and i'm just in thinking to her well girlfriend like god loves you and and we just like ministered to her of just who she was in god's eyes and the love that god has for her and the restoration she has in christ and since we've gone back she hasn't even touched that card or hasn't even i Talked about that because she realized like, oh, well, God loves me and he cares about me. And it was like his love went five feet deeper than her surface level sexuality of I'm gay, even though she likes boys and she wants to get married and have kids. So honestly, with a lot of kids. It's a phase, it's a wall, it's a mask and it doesn't go deeper than like two inches in the ground to be honest
0: very very interesting okay i love that i love that god's love went five feet deeper that's i'm gonna i'm gonna remember that one um because that is exactly how his love works and it's exactly how identity works in christ it does not change i always tell people that the lord does not change i you know this list of genders has changed they're all new they came out of wherever, Um, but his love doesn't change. I want to wrap this conversation with a quick question about, you said that as a kid, you started to hate what was feminine. Yeah. We're seeing a insane number of girls reject femininity. Why do you think that is? Does it have to, do you think it has to do with the exposure to gay porn that these kids are seeing? Because if I were to see, have seen pornography as a young child, I would have been scared to death of what was happening to that girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can't even look at anything like that because all I think of is how much pain she must be in. Um, and so that, you know, I, I know that her sexuality is tied to her soul and what's going on with her is not healthy and it's so incredibly sad, but for an impressional child, do you think it's the gay, for, gay porn, um, that is making girls hate what being feminine is, or is it abuse or a combination, the media, why are so many girls rejecting what it is to be a woman at all?
1: Yeah, you know, Jennifer, that's so interesting. I think that the enemy has taken so much of exactly what you said, like the media, you know, movies, um, fashion, even fashion, so much of girls' fashion now. Like when when I walk into HM, the girl section looks more like the boy section, right? And then the boy section looks more like the girl section with a lot of the feminine colors. Same thing at Zara, Forever 21. It's just so interesting, like that exchange, you know, like all these Mm -hmm. stories. But I think with a lot of girls now, the way the enemy has portrayed the lie through social media, the media, you know, gay porn trauma is that being feminine and being a girl equals you being weak. And if you're weak, you are vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable, you will be hurt. Right. And you have a generation of girls who have been hurt, who have been abused, who have been abandoned and who are fatherless, specifically fatherless, right? So for them, because they don't have these amazing godly men in their life or like a a healthy father figure, or they don't know God, the father, they feel like they have to protect themselves. And a form of self-protection is, okay, well, I'm going to put on a hard face, I'm going to put up a wall. I'm going to put up a mask. I'm going to come off strong so that people don't know if I'm, that I'm weak. Cause if I'm weak, people will take advantage of me. And if people take advantage of me, I will be vulnerable. And if I'm vulnerable, I won't have a voice and no one will steal my voice. That's the reasoning and the thought process. Right. Mm. And wow. so they do that by, you know, dressing more masculine, right. By, by. By rejecting feminine things, because you know, just so many girls now are like, oh no, like I don't want to be that girl. But deep down inside, every girl desires to be loved and to be rescued by Prince Charming and to have a father that loves her. Like I've literally wept Jennifer with chicks that I'm full on, shaved heads, looked like dudes, and just weeping because God's love, the God, the love of the father was coming upon them. And all they've ever wanted was the love of the father. And before you know it, they end up switching and they end up being like women because God, the love of the father changed them. And really you have a generation of girls who are so craving to be protected and pursued and you know, provided for. And, and because they don't have that they feel like they have to do that for themselves. And that is one of the masks. That's on, that's what is actually on the other side of the mask of the feminist movement is a bunch mm-hmm. of women that never had that in their life that now are so hard, mm-hmm. but who are inside so tender. Cause they just deeply want to be loved mm-hmm. by a father, by someone who will pursue them and provide for them. Every woman wants to be pursued, but what, But it's and provided for and protected. But you would just have a generation of women that aren't protected. And that's also something I do want to validate that that they're not being protected because the enemy has come and has robbed the homes of the fathers and Mm -hmm. you know, and they're not in church. And so of course, if these girls aren't in church, you know, they're they're not gonna know the father's love. And so it's it's a combination I would believe it that's the I would say the overarching thing of Mm -hmm. the reasoning of both sides
0: of you know Mm -hmm. conversation yeah and 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 the answer you know the answer to to what I see parents magazine women's health magazine is what you just said yeah it's it's the it's finding your identity in Christ It's the love of the father because he will correct those lenses. That's not our job to do for people our job is to love them and tell them how precious they are and handmade they are i cannot thank you enough for being on today's show christina and i are going to be together again next week i'm super excited to have her back on thank you so much give us your final words if there's a young girl out there struggling what would you say to her
1: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing that I would share with you is that your identity isn't based upon who you like, a guy or a girl. Your identity and the love that you're truly searching for is found in the God of the universe who loves you and accepts you just as you are, like the inner person of your heart, that's what he's love. That's what he loves. And that's what he is after. And if you give him your heart and you will allow him to truly satisfy your heart with his love, you will find a love that is greater than a love that any guy or girl can give you. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about the accepting the love of a guy or girl. It's about accepting the love of Christ. And mm-hmm. from there, he will show you who you are, and he will put you on the right path. So awesome.
0: You guys, Christina's Instagram handle is in the show notes. Make sure to follow her on Instagram as she travels around the world, sharing the gospel, working as a plus size model in an incredibly dark industry. She's such a light there out there. So she is one to follow and ask the whosoevers, her group to come in and speak in your school and catch us again next week. Remember, I am a woman and my name means life.